Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Murgy, your host for Bold Brands, a podcast presented by Bold Metrics that focuses on innovation and technology in the apparel e-commerce space. We speak with the founders and CEOs about the challenges they face and how they use technology to grow and scale their brands. Hi, everybody. On today's episode, we have Mariah DeRose, the founder and CEO of a circular fashion brand called Positive Fibers. She describes the brand as aesthetics meets ethics, and I'm going to dig into what she means by that, but very excited to have you with us today, Mariah. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's actually my first podcast, so it's, uh, it's exciting. That's great. I'm happy to uh, be your first podcast interview. We actually met uh, each other through Clubhouse, which is kind of mm-hmm. unique. And you had your title, um, which stood out to me uh, as the circular fashion detective. And circular fashion is an area of the apparel business that I'm passionate about. I, I see a huge future for it. So it stood out. And I, I think I called you up to the stage and we have known each other since, so it's good to have you here. So why do you call yourself the circular fashion detective, I guess? So the circular fashion detective is my alter ego. Um, She's forever curious about how fashion can catalyze the circular economy. And this is because I've always loved detective series like Sherlock Holmes. And after seeing a life-changing documentary, I started to search for the truth behind the clothes I wear. Um, I realized that I have been, as I call it, a fashion culprit. We often hear the term fashion victim, but I realized, no, like it's my doing that has been uh, part of creating the mess. And so every time I made a purchase, in particularly if there was a discount involved, I supported modern slavery and exploitation of land and the oceans and whatnot. Um, but I never had the intention of doing such harm, of course. So. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just because I wasn't aware of the impact that my purchases and my consumer behavior had on planet and people. Um, so quickly, I realized that if I can do so much harm by feeding the monster, which is the current fashion system, then together with millions of consumers like myself, we can also feed the good one. However, that's where the trouble started for me. I started looking for brands and, and platforms um, where I could find what I say, like aesthetics with ethics, but I couldn't find it. And that's why I decided to take matters into my own hands. But that led to another problem, which is that despite having a master's of science, I was a master of none, uh, especially in the fashion industry. So mm-hmm. as the circular fashion detective, I went on to investigate the industry, um, really understanding what does it mean to make a garment? Where does everything come from? and then report about my learnings and insight on my blog and now weekly newsletter because there's many people like me who um you know who don't want to do any harm to people involved in the supply chains that make our clothes that's great very inspirational so in your research and you know figuring all this out on your own you came to the conclusion that circular fashion is where it's at what does that mean to you Yeah, so circular fashion has different interpretations, um, as you can see, you know, just like from a quick Google search. But to me, it means that materials circulate without ever losing their value. And so when you look at the famous infinity loop model, you see two cycles. There is the biological and the technical cycle. 
but I've actually added the third one, which is what I call the compostable fashion cycle. And this is a cycle that starts from the soil, ideally um, a place of regenerative agriculture, where plants then are harvested, fibers are spun into yarn, yarn becomes fabrics, and then you have a product. Um, and then after years of use, the product can just safely go back to nature as a nutrient for the soil instead of the poison that it ends up being today. Um, and furthermore, circular fashion to me, it's, it's actually the answer to accelerate a circular economy. Because um, right. as you know, I am an economist and seeing how consumption is here to stay, I believe we need a system that makes consumption a force for good. Right. And, um, you know, we all wear clothes and mm -hmm. it's, that is part of the fashion industry. So why don't use fashion consumption to catalyze the adoption of a circular economy? That's great. And so that led you to create your new brand, Positive Fibers. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that, uh, what you're developing, kind of what the first product is and when you plan on launching it. Yeah. So Positive Fibers, um, our mission is to put the eco into e-commerce. And we I do this it. by creating products and things. Um, yeah. So we're creating products from materials that come from nature so that as like at the end of use, they return fully like as a nutrient to the soil, not as a poison, as I just mentioned. Um, our first product is a jacket that's 100% compostable. And that means in like every single fiber that it's made of. Um, yeah, so my vision is that if we have aesthetics that meet ethics, it will be easy for consumers like myself to choose well and buy only what you truly want to own without feeling that you are increasing um, like your carbon footprint or that of the industry. Right. Um, yeah, and so the, the first product, it's it's about to launch in, in a few weeks from now. So exciting. Yeah, probably when this, when this podcast is out, it's, it's out in the market. So what, what is it made out of and where is it made? And uh, I mean, can you share any of that or is it um, top secret? Well, yeah, of course, there's like <laughs> some sense of secrecy to it, right? Which is on one hand, like the problem with the fashion industry is that supply chains are so opaque, but that often comes from, from you know, there's just like so many steps involved. Um, mm -hmm. Our process is actually quite simple. Um, the materials are sourced very close to home. Um, so I'm based in the Netherlands. It's, it's all in Europe. Uh, production is done in the Netherlands. And yeah, um, <laughs> what else can I share? What, I mean, what is it made out of? Can you say well, what yeah, so the Yeah, so the, the fabric is uh, linen. The buttons are coconut shell. And then everything else. I mean, like there's so many materials involved in, in a jacket. It sounds simple, but right. there is the fabric. There is the stitching buttons the label um mm -hmm. you know also like the packaging and the, the idea is that everything is compostable and how long does it take to compost so that is something that we still have to test um okay. which is which is kind of sad because on one hand like you have to test how long it takes to decompose right right to, to to be able to transparently communicate to your consumers, okay, this jacket, if you compost it, it takes, I don't know, like between this and that amount of months. Mm -hmm. um, so right now I'm just going off on what, what the suppliers tell me, how long it takes for material that is organic to decompose. So okay. let's say the linen, it's, it's an organic material. There's no chemical treatment or whatever that might jeopardize that process. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that's kind of that's kind of like standard knowledge of how long it takes for linen to decompose. Um, but like, if you want to prove that something is compostable when you know it's 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 a product without a final destination, like a consumer, right. that kind of is a waste as well, right? So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a conflict, but um, yeah. But if, I mean, cool. it would be it would be cool to show how in a what do you call it? Like in the, you know, when you, when you film the process of something decomposing and then you right. see it, time-lapse, right? The time-lapse. Yeah. That'd time be lapse. cool. You could market yeah. it that way. Yeah. Wow. That's you exciting. Start somewhere, right? so. Yeah. And th- this is, I mean, to your knowledge, the first jacket that in the industry yeah. that's ever been made this way. Right. Yeah. I mean, of course, if you go back, like, I don't know, like a century ago, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when there was no, when, the, when there was no like petrochemicals in our fashion yet, of course, many of our clothes were, um, were biodegradable, were compostable, mm-hmm. but what we call fashion today has not been done in such a way. And that's why it's, it's, it's very novel. Right. So that's, that's great. Uh, yeah. Groundbreaking. That's exciting. It's gonna, yeah. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of, uh, press and, um, accolades and hopefully the. The industry as a whole will take some some notice. I mean, that's get the it. most important, right? Like right. It's, it's dynamic change. It's uh, yeah, clock sticking. Yeah. yeah, right. So I guess moving into that topic, like in your opinion, like where do you think the fashion industry is when it comes to, you know, researching, innovating, creating new closed loop systems that can benefit the mm-hmm. environment. Yeah, so there's, I mean, I see startups that are really doing amazing work, but I think in general, the fashion industry is just very far away from where it should be today. Um, I mean, if we talk about a closed loop system, that means, of course, that like no value is is lost. Um, Yet microplastics, they are still ending up in our oceans. Brands have too much inventory they cannot get rid of. And customers still believe they have nothing to wear when looking at a stuffed closet. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and like what really ruffles my feathers is actually how brands are blaming the customer for demanding too much when this is actually the system that, you know, marketing has created telling us that, oh, you can only get that job if you, you know, buy this suit from us, or you can only get that date if you have this, this dress or, you know, it's, it's, um, like we really need a, we really need this, like a paradigm shift, um, And when it comes to innovation, I mean, that's something that the fashion industry appears to only flirt with, but never fully commits to it. And like I said, we need a systemic change, which involves various stakeholders from various disciplines. So, for example, um, you know, involve involve the sciences more, Um, look into the role that biology plays in in the production of a product. I mean, I actually always say that to me, like bioengineers are the are the fashion designers of the future it's maybe mm-hmm. a bit more like it's maybe a bit far off but um or far-fetched sorry <laughs> not a native um you know what i mean yeah so yeah it's it's the awareness is there but the action is still lacking in my opinion yeah you mentioned that it's you know kind of being driven right now by smaller startups doing amazing things can you Tell us about some, of, or in your opinion, some of the brands you think, besides Positive Fibers, are, are coming at this in a good way. 
Um, from the top of my head, to be honest, like I, I mean, I find it I find it hard to answer because like yeah. I have this this vision of what the perfect supply chain looks like, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, and like since I cannot look at you know, like I cannot look into how other brands are doing their supply chain because of course it's their you know that's that's their um, their IP and stuff. Um, right. Yeah, so it's it, it's hard to answer because you know I don't have the full transparency on that. But I mean, if I knew brands who were doing the right thing for my standards, then I would be supporting them and not creating my own brand. Right. Because I was so fed up with not seeing the good guy, right? So that's that's why I started Positive Fibers to kind of, um, yeah, to I don't know, kind of like show how it should be done, like in my opinion, like from my point of view. Right. Um, but I think in, like, especially in the tech space, I mean, like, for example, you know, what, what, what Bold Metrics is doing, like those innovations, I think they can really help to, uh, to cut down um, uh, CO2 emissions in a brand's uh, action or value chain. Right. So innovations that have to do with what, like fit technology and like mm -hmm. virtual try-ons and, but it's, but to me, like it really starts with the materials. It starts with the fibers because if you don't get the first ingredients right, the rest is tainted. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. When we spoke last, we we were we got into the conversation around um, companies greenwashing, and I know it's something you're passionate about. But from a consumer standpoint, you know, if you're if you're really trying to buy things that were made in a sustainable way and do your own research and make smart purchases, if that's something you're really passionate about, like what mm -hmm. can consumers do to be more savvy about what's greenwashing and what's not in your opinion? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, greenwashing, like I'm not passionate about the fact that there is greenwashing, but right. I just feel this kind of urge to tell people who is greenwashing mm -hmm. because they're, they're lying to us. Right. And as a consumer, like I've, I've fallen into that, like, I have been lied to by these brands about, hey, this is like a great product, buy it. And then you think, oh, if I'm buying this, then, you know, the world is becoming a little better. But then it turns out right. it's not. But it really starts with education. Um, and like, I really believe that there are many consumers who want to make better purchases, but they're just always confused about what to buy. And it is hard. I mean, right. I've spent, what is it now, like two and a half years on researching this. I'm really digging into what does it mean for a brand to be quote unquote sustainable? And that is because like it is very complex to understand what sustainability and circularity is in fashion. Those are two different terms, but they often get confused. Um, and sustainable fashion, actually, to me, it's a complete oxymoron because whatever you do, you are, you know, you're creating negative impact, but it's about how you handle it in a system. Right. Um, but as a consumer, if you want to choose better, you just like you actually need to kind of have a makeover of your belief system. So you need to you need to be able to distance yourself from what you're used to, such as shopping at that like fast fashion brand or like, you know, maybe even like a high end fashion brand, because mm -hmm. all of them are guilty of of um, of the harm that's being done in by the entire industry. Um, but in order to choose better you need to know what that means, right? So it's like right. education, where does that education comes from? In my opinion, it comes from sources that are reliable mm -hmm. um, 
and that often is, you know, that often is academics. It's the nerdy stuff because there are brands that are um, trying to educate consumers, but I really mistrust them because I think that they're, you know, they're, they're saying something that end up making you buy their product. Right. And you're, you're involved in that other side of it, right? So you have this newsletter um, and you're really kind of trying to educate people. Can you talk some about that? Yeah, so I have, like I started with a blog, but then I switched to a, a newsletter and I'm actually, I'm mostly active on LinkedIn, um, like sharing news articles from like all different, all different perspectives, such as climate science or regenerative agriculture, um, because I think it's very important to, to show different perspectives and how to have to, how to have an influence on the fashion industry. Because I think we, we in general think, oh, fashion has to do just with the artistic side of things, right? With the designer and, and the story that the brand is trying to convey. But we really have to look deeper. And that relates to, okay, like how, you know, like what happens on the land, right? Like right. Where, where do the fibers come from? And then how is it being processed? Whose hands are being involved? Um, yeah, but like the, the yeah, so this this newsletter, I'm I'm still like I'm still playing around with the format. I I haven't cracked the code yet, but basically it's it's sharing news articles that I come across, or even sometimes it's um, I look a little deeper into a certain topic and I find a you know an article from like Google Scholar because like the audience is curious about that and that's great. People are not as superficial as I think the fashion industry believes they are. So. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, that, that really gives hope that people are curious about that truth. Right. And yeah, that's what I do. I just like share news articles, give my opinion on things. Um, not sure if it's always wanted, but yeah, I mean, that's that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. And then also starting a brand. So mm -hmm. doing that. So obviously there's a lot of science and, you know, research that went into your brand. Uh, yeah. And that's been ongoing. And as you're getting ready to launch here in the next few weeks, I, mm. I'd love to hear like what challenges you overcame, like outside of the science part of it. Obviously, that was a huge challenge, but yeah. um, just starting a, a brand, like what, what did you learn? What were the challenges? Um, anything you could share with uh, the audience would be great. Yeah. Where do I start? I mean, <laughs> I'm a first time founder, so building a brand, it's not something I've done before. So it really is, you know, go out there and try things out. Um, but I realized that it's, I mean, with fashion today, what's the most important is to get trust from your customers. And so sharing that information that I come across, that has been very important. And I mean, it's also like that information informs all my decisions that I make in selecting certain suppliers um you know really like connecting the dots to make a product that delivers on that promise of being 100 compostable but what's been challenging is to yeah to to find those suppliers i don't know if that's yeah. answering the question no, but like that's, that's, that's i feel that's like everyone fashion I, brand, right? I feel like everyone in apparel right now is having trouble with suppliers and supply chain um and you know a lot's due to the pandemic but that's definitely a huge challenge to overcome, right? You got to be able to make it and follow the way you want to make it. Yeah. I think that's all the questions I really had. You kind of 
hit on some other ones that I was going to ask earlier, but I think that gives everyone a look into what's coming. I know you can't share everything yet, but um, I'm excited to check it out. Uh, the audience, Positive Fibers is the company and they'll be mm-hmm. launching the first ever compostable jacket here in the next few weeks. So pretty excited to check it out when it launches and really appreciate you being on the show, Mariah, and, uh, you know, wishing you the best uh, for the launch and continued success with the way you're approaching innovation and in this space and doing good for uh, the people on the planet. So thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was uh, it was great, and um, yeah, and also best of luck with with Bold Metrics. I really love what you guys are doing, and um, yeah, hopefully one day we'll work together. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again, and thanks everybody for listening. This is your host Jeff Murgy signing off on another episode of Bold Brands. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to Bold Brands or share it with someone that you think might enjoy it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Thanks again for listening.